the Mind Body Connection podcast. The body and mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Due to the ongoing issues with the coronavirus situation, we've slightly changed our schedule. We've replaced our normal interviews with some recordings of live seminars on how to boost your health. To make it easier to navigate the seminars, we've edited them so that the discussion, theory, the research is covered in one section, and then the second section covers some of the major exercises we've done, so that you can listen back to them as many times as you want to. This section is a guided meditation on developing compassion from Seminar 5. And now we're going to move on to even more work with your unconscious mind. I'd just like you to allow yourself to get comfy. As I say, if you're listening to this now or if you're listening to it on repeat and you're not in a um, safe, you know, appropriate space to get really relaxed and talk to your unconscious mind, then uh, just do it another time. You need to take care of yourself. You know what to do. And what I'd like you to do is just take a few moments to center yourself, to be here. To breathe. So whatever it is you're putting down as comments, as things that you want to resolve and deal with, just hold them in your mind. And at the same time, just breathe, notice your breathing. Now, breathing is really important, it's central to so many practices. One of the things, somebody just asked me a question about anxiety, it's central to anxiety and calmness. When people are calm, they breathe very differently from when they're anxious. Anxious breathing is fast, calm breathing is slower, and that affects the spine, the sympathetic nervous system, oxygenation levels, carbon dioxide levels, acidity, alkalinity, all sorts of things. So just start by breathing. Notice how full your breathing is, which bits move, which bits don't. And then as you do, I'd like you to come on a journey with me. And for you to just imagine you're on a magic carpet and you're floating up, all the way up to where beautiful white fluffy clouds are. And there you can just choose a really comfortable cloud to recline in, to feel the softness and kindness of the cloud. And as you do, you can gently, comfortably make out the world beneath you. And you can think for a minute about your unconscious mind. So your unconscious mind is the part of you that takes care of business, takes care of the plumbing systems, central heating systems, the refuse collection, pretty much everything, all the stuff that would need to happen in a city, your unconscious mind takes care of in your body so that you can 
stay well and healthy. And it does that just simply without you really having to do very much. So we can notice that, for instance, when you sleep deeply tonight, as you go to bed, your breathing will continue, your heart will beat, your temperature will be regulated, you'll turn over a few times, you may even wake up if you need to go to the loo. That's all managed by your unconscious mind. It takes care of you. When you climb stairs, it alters your blood pressure. When it's hot, it cools you down. When it's cold, it warms you up. Back in the day, in the Freudian model, they used to think of the unconscious mind as a kind of slightly weird, dark, dodgy thing. But in more modern ideas, so Ericsson and more humanistic approaches, they see the unconscious mind as our friend, the wise part of us, but it just gets on with business, takes care of things for us. And we can notice it in our lives where maybe we're really thinking to recall the name of somebody or the name of a song or a movie and we just can't remember that name. It's on the tip of our tongue. We just think and think and think in a conscious way. We just can't find it. Then maybe half an hour or an hour later, pops into our mind. Our unconscious mind has processed that. And there is some interesting research about this, that if you give someone a task and then ask them to stop doing the task and then give them another task, if the task is quite boring, when they come back to the original task, they'll be slightly better at it. Their brain will have thought a bit more about it. So actually downtime, trusting your unconscious mind, can be really useful, really important. It's also the part of us that when we're asleep and we set our alarm for say 7.30, that at 7.29 and 59 seconds, it just wakes up. It knows how to do that, it knows how to keep time. It does all this kind of stuff. That's the part of you that you're paying attention to right now. And the interesting thing about the unconscious mind is it's always listening. And in this particular chat, although I've been talking to your conscious mind, those of you who've done any training with me will also notice I've been talking to your unconscious mind too. Because that's the part of you that is going to help you find new solutions to things that for a long time you've wondered how will I find a way through it? So as you float down from that beautiful cloud, I'd like you to imagine you're entering a beautiful garden. Everything about this garden is just the way you like it to be. The garden has all the qualities, all the colours, all the shapes, 
that you really like. And as you enjoy being here in this garden, noticing the features, the temperature, how it feels to plant one foot, toes, sole, and heel. As you walk one foot after the other. And over there you see an area that looks so nice. A place that would be so beautiful and relaxing to rest in. So I'd like you to just go there now and allow yourself to relax and calm even more, knowing that this is a process that you used to know how to do very, very well. Maybe you need to learn it a bit more. Just like watching the waves rolling onto the shore and back again. Your whole being can just rest. And you think about how many times those waves have rolled onto that shore. How many thousands of years have they gently rolled up and rolled down? Or maybe you think about the earth just gently turning. Year upon year, just turning. How the stars out there, far, far, far away, sending light from maybe hundreds and thousands and millions of years. And we are just here. And I'd like you to just turn your attention inside and to connect with that aspect of you that knows things. It knows how to cool you down if it's too hot or how when you climb the stairs to make your heart beat a little faster or when you sleep to breathe I'd like you to also think about those times in your life where you've really been in touch with your inner knowing it may have been around some other people where you thought Something's not right here, I can just sense it. You're picking up on some signals. 
Or it may be you have an f- intuition that your friend needs help and you phone them and you find they do. It's a time when you just kind of got in touch with that ability you have to see a slightly bigger picture, to be in touch with that sense of your inner knowing. And as you do, feel that feeling, connecting with that sense for you of being connected with yourself. And from this beautiful place, in this beautiful garden, just observe the issues and challenges happening over there from this place of thoughtfulness and inner wisdom and notice what starts to come up for you as potential avenues for solutions or maybe ways of being so If the issue is difficult people or neighbours, thinking, well, with reflection, what would really help me? Because they're probably not going to change. Or if the issue is, I really need to be more calm from this place of reflection and trusting yourself, being kind to yourself, thinking, well, what could I do to really help myself to step into these moments in a different way, from a different place? If I really come from this peaceful place I'm in at the moment, How will that transform my ability to feel and see and perceive these events and myself differently? Once upon a time, there was a monastery in the middle of the countryside, far away from villages and towns. And at one time, the monastery was very busy. People were fascinated by spiritual and religious practices. But over the recent decades, people seemed to be less interested in following the spiritual path. And the monks became older and they began to worry 
as to what would happen to their monastery. It just so happened that every summer a rabbi used to come and camp in the forests near the monastery and he was good friends with the abbot. And he was considered to be a wise man. So the monk suggested to the abbot that he go find his old friend, the rabbi, and ask him if he had any brilliant ideas. Maybe they thought he'll have a catchy tagline or social media program or something that would suddenly make people interested. Maybe they could produce a product, cheese or wine, that would move things forwards again. So the abbot wandered into the forest and there, deep within the forest in a place he didn't expect to find him, sat the rabbi. And they sat down and shared some tea that was cooked under the stars and over the hot fire. And they chatted about this and that and the abbot began to explain his problems, challenges and issues. And the rabbi nodded wisely and sagely. And he said, I I'm not really sure that I can add anything to your the ideas you've already come up with. And he sipped his tea and then he had this kind of faraway look in his eye. Stillness de descended. And the abbot said, are you okay? To the rabbi who didn't really answer, just went quiet, was breathing, stilled. And then the rabbi turned to the abbot and very calmly and in a slightly different, wiser voice than usual said, One of you is the Messiah. One of you is the Son of God. And the abbot was surprised at this and he said, what do you mean? And the rabbi kind of came back to the moment and said, what do I mean? What? He said, well, you went into this kind of calm space and said, this strange message. And the rabbi said, I'm sorry, I have no memory of this whatsoever. I was just having a cup of tea. And then he said, what do I mean? And the abbot said, you said, um, one of us is the Messiah, is the Son of God. And the rabbi said, I'm sorry, I really don't remember saying that at all, but maybe it's, maybe it's a message. So they chatted some more and Soon it was time for the abbot to return to the monastery and he pondered as he wandered back through the trees on this message he'd heard. Because you can hear messages in many different ways, different places. Can you not? And when he reached the monastery, the monks eager to hear the news, what the rabbi had suggested, but slightly disappointed to find there was no product to sell, no social media campaign in the offing. It was 
Yeah, but said so he just went quiet, and then he said in this strange, far away and wise voice that the Messiah is one of us, the Son of God is one of us. And then when he came back, he didn't seem to remember it. It was very peculiar. The monks chatted amongst themselves about this. And they all kind of pondered it, wondered what the meaning of it was. The next morning, I sat down to breakfast. Had a few hours to think about the message, as you do when you're alone at night thinking and you could almost sense a difference as they sat down for breakfast each one of them seemed to be looking at the other one with a slightly different set of thoughts so if you were to able to listen in to their internal conversations you would have heard something like Well, there's Brother Michael over there. He's a bit boring, to be honest. He, he couldn't be the Son of God. If, if the Messiah is upon us, it, surely it couldn't be Brother Michael. You know, God would have chosen someone slightly more interesting than him. And I thought, well, maybe it's a test. It's the kind of thing what God would do, you know, make it tough for us. So maybe I should be kinder to Brother Michael just in case he is son of God because you wouldn't want to be rude to him if he was he looked at the next monk and he said well he doesn't wash very much he's a little bit smelly a bit whiffy but you know again this could be one of God's little tests maybe he's the son of God and they went round the table thinking of everything they knew about these people and how you know they were flawed in interesting fascinating ways but maybe just maybe it could be the Son of God. And finally, having gone through the whole, the assembled company quietly to themselves, they went back for meditation and prayers on their own. And the thought struck them that maybe, this couldn't be, this must be a crazy thought, but maybe it's me, maybe I'm the Messiah. I, I couldn't be sure I would know if I was. But maybe again, this is one of, God's strange tricks. Maybe I need to be kinder to myself just in case I am. And so a changed mood was noted amongst the monks and some students who were traveling happened to be camping in the grounds and they noticed this very particular and lovely way of being amongst the monks. It's kind of thoughtfulness and respectfulness for each and every member including themselves and when they went back to their town they told people about this and people were quite intrigued to go and experience the feeling of what it felt like to be surrounded by people who were kind to one another and deeply kind to themselves and so over the year more and more people visited and some stayed longer and the monastery began to become known as this place where people not only considered the value of everyone else but also paid attention to 
being kind to themselves. And so as you think about whatever it is that for you, you've learnt now, recently, or in the coming days and weeks, that allow you to reset and recognise whatever it is for you that's important in your understanding of how you can apply this important learning for yourself. And so I'd like you to slowly bring yourselves back to now, but with a new sense of who you are and what's possible for you. Because of course, we have so much within us. You may remember, there's a really nice definition of coaching, which I use, which is, coaching is all about helping people to perform at their best. And your performance is a little equation, which is your potential, what you could be, your fullest you, minus subtracting your interference, so how you get in the way of you being your best you. And your best you doesn't necessarily mean your perfect you or the most doing you, you know, busy, busy, busy. It means about you, when we're coming back to what we said about the lightning process, living a life that's enhancing for you and the people around you, whatever that means for you. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this, I will be doing another seminar um, next week, same time. So you can let me know, uh, leave comments both here and on my page generally, or send us emails, phil at philparker.org. And um, ask some questions that will help us focus on what's important for you. I hope you found this useful today, looking at your unconscious mind, looking at your changing your voices so they support you. If you're also interested in doing a bit more work, then uh, you may know we've got a new uh, version of a existing course, a brilliant course called the Life Skills Course, which I know some of you guys have done, um, which is online. Uh, the first uh, unit of it, the first hour is completely free, so check that out. If you want to know where it is, then uh, ask me, but it's if you go to Facebook forward slash groups forward slash free NLP, you can find it. And um, if you want to do that, then I'd really recommend it. I'm going to put a slide up right at the end. I'll show you how you can get more information about doing the whole course. Or if you want to learn to do what I'm doing, which uh, some of you guys are actually quite skilled at because I've trained you. <laughs> uh, but if you want to learn how to do this, then we do training courses on that too. So if those are things you'd like to do, then do get in touch because um, one of the reasons I can do all these things for free uh, uh, is because people buy some of these courses so if you want to help out um, this free things for everyone else then that's another way to contribute uh, great to see you all um, Michelle's just come on a bit late I don't know it must, maybe she's in a different country uh, she wants to know how the LP helps chronic fatigue maybe we'll talk about that next time um, 
Zena likes her monk and rabbi story. Good, especially for you, Zena. Uh, you take care of yourselves. If you are, you know, you're probably not going out, you're probably not driving, but if you are after a calming session, I'll give yourself a bit of time just to kind of come back to the room. But reflect on this. You can always re-listen to that. Uh, each time you do, it will help you to remind yourself about, you know, you do know stuff inside. You're central, absolutely central to everything that I teach and the kind of core to pretty much every work bit of work I do is that you do already know you do already know more about you more about your life what you want where you're going than anybody else could you're the, the person best best place to do that so trust yourself and I'll see you guys on the next one thanks for joining and please share this widely the more people that see this the incredible free resource helped by your your questions and comments so please do share it uh, see if we can get this up to three or four thousand next week uh, and see you guys around you take care now bye the mind body connection podcast the body and mind <laughs>